411 Live. Well, you can learn about issues that affect us every day. State of World 411 Live. Real people, real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way. For your girl, 411 Live. I am a big fan of classic black and white movies. And I was watching one the other day. It was about a husband who was trying to make his wife think that she was losing her mind. He would hide things from her and then she would be looking for them and saying, I don't know where I put it. And he's like, I don't know either. Where did you put it? And then he, it would turn up. She would find it but in a place that she never remembered putting it. And so she would question herself and he would say, "Mm, seems like you have a problem. He was helping her think that she was losing her mind, which she did. This movie was called Gaslight. Hello, everybody. I'm Beverly Taylor. and This is the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. There is a reason that I bring up that movie, because today we are talking about racial gaslighting. Joining me today are two guests, um, Seattle University Associate Professor Angelique Davis. She's also a professor of political science and African and African-American studies, and also Rose Ernst, who is a former Associate Professor of Political Science at Seattle U, and she's coming to us from England. So thank you both for joining me. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay. So talking about gaslighting, and you guys have done an extensive research on this, and you also are the authors of an award-winning article called Racial Gaslighting. And you also do webinars and workshops on racial gaslighting for organizations, corporations, nonprofits. So you know a lot about this subject. First of all, did you coin the phrase racial gaslighting? We are the first ones to develop the concept. So when we published the article in 2017, um, it hadn't become part of the common usage like it has now. So we really are the first ones to really develop the concept. I really like it. Now, I'm thinking it's similar to what I saw in the movie of Gaslight, meaning that the oppressor is trying to manipulate the targeted person into questioning their, their judgment, their perception. Is that, you know, kind of the definition of racial gaslighting, or it just kind of goes a little further than that? Yeah, it it absolutely is. It goes, it's part of that, and then it goes a little bit further in describing a process to sustain white supremacy over time, which is how Angelique and I first got interested in understanding it with our political science backgrounds. We actually were interested in how the Supreme Court was a part of maintaining white supremacy over time. And so, yeah, this this process of sort of gaslighting someone and making them doubt their own perceptions and lived experience in order to maintain power mm-hmm. um, and the status quo is, is the process of racial gaslighting. You know, when I think about gaslighting, racial gaslighting, I think of it almost as, 
like a, a psychological abuse? I think it can be because, you know, people can say, uh, you know, a little bit about this. It's almost like pecking at somebody. You say a little something here and then you say a little something there. You say a little something there. And it doesn't resonate sometimes with people. But after a while, they start to question some of the things that they held. Is that kind of the process or no? Rose, do you want to take that one? Sure, yeah, it, it absolutely is. It can be um, major events, right? It can be actually things that we see in the news media. It can be, as I mentioned, Supreme Court, but it can also be what you just described, Beverly, around these sort of everyday acts, similar to microaggressions, except that it actually takes things a step further than what we might think of as classic microaggressions. So someone saying something offensive and then it continuing in this process where you're constantly questioning yourself and wondering, you know, why did they say that? Why do I feel this way? Should I feel this way? Those sorts of things, right? Um, if, if you're the target of the gaslighting, which is both intentional and unintentional, but the impact, right, is what matters. Yeah. Okay. So people listening going, okay, I kind of get what you're saying. Let's give them some examples or some scenarios. Rose, you, you kind of tapped into that in, in your answer there. Some examples of racial gaslighting that people might hear or see. Yeah. So I can give some examples um, that I think a lot of particularly people of color, right, as targets of racial gaslighting can relate to. So for example, think of the trope of the angry black woman, for example, right? Um, and say you're in your workplace, someone has um, consistently been doing things that are racially insensitive or just flat out racist, right? Um, and like you said, it's that slow, right, drip over time. And then right? You get upset as a Black woman and you express your anger or your frustration or disappointment, whatever it is. And the response being, oh, you're too sensitive. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if you just calm down and we could have a rational conversation, right? When you have every reason and it's very rational for you to be upset about this. So that would be an example of gaslighting, right? Um, that I think a lot of of people can relate to. Right. And then there is a, a, the part where and re reading some of the things that have been, you guys have written and um, articles that have been written about you. Um, when a group of people is blamed for something it, it, and not the uh, thing that they are you know, protesting or uh, looking at the societal problem. So instead of focusing on the societal problem, they focus on how this group protested or how this group was trying to express themselves about that societal problem. Does that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely. I think, um, so for example, one of the things that has come up quite a bit recently is surrounding, say, the uprisings and uh, Black Lives Matter protests, right? And what's unique about racial gaslighting, before I get a little bit more into it, is it's weaponizing and then pathologizing the individual. Mm. So whether or not 
right? So the person who's the target of gaslighting is either made to feel like they're losing their mind or made to look like it. So even if they know that they're not, they're being characterized like something is wrong with them. And so when we're thinking, for example, some really recent um, things that have come up quite a bit uh, with, say, the George Floyd and all the other Black Lives Matter protests are many saying, for example, um, you know, we understand why you're protesting, uh, but the way you're going about it is all wrong, right? If, if we just sat down and went through the proper political channels and all these things, everything would be resolved. When the reality is, is that hasn't worked, right? Yeah. Um, in addition, when we're talking about the difference between individuals and groups, right? So often uh, news media and others have been conflating individual acts of violence or burning with the whole Black Lives Matter movement and all of the people who are protesting versus if we're going to think, and so that's with people of color, it's attributed to the group, right? So that's how racism works. But if we're thinking about in the context, say, of white people, if you're thinking about like the NRA, right? If there's a school shooting, right, by some a white person or a mass shooting by a white person, do they say, well, that's the whole NRA, right? Right. That's the whole movement, right? No, it's not. Um, and so we see this difference in how uh, groups are portrayed. Right. right. So you're, reasons. you're saying that for like a white person who's, who does something, it's the focus is on the individual. Yes. But if a black person does something, it's not just the focus is not just on that individual. It's on the entire race. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. OK. Yeah. Let's talk about some of these 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 phrases that um, people will use in gaslighting. Uh, one comes to mind is for something somebody to say something racist and then say, I was just joking. You know, um, and then I was thinking about the one that comes out a lot is, well, you know, I, I'm not racist. I don't see color. And I hear that one a lot. I don't mm -hmm. see color. Mm -hmm. But you have to see color. What phrases come to your mind? Am I putting you on the spot? Oh, there's just, yeah. I mean, what you just mentioned, Beverly, as, uh, you know, classic color, so-called colorblind racism, right? Like, I, I don't, I don't mm -hmm. see race, right? Um, you already mentioned, you know, I agree with your message, right? But I don't agree with the way that you're doing that. That's classic mm -hmm. tone policing, right? Um, another thing could be saying something like, oh, you're exaggerating. It's not so bad. Right. Right. And that would be sort of a, a trivializing or minimizing of a situation, right. In order to dismiss it. Right. Um, and another, a classic one would be like, I'm just trying to help. Right. Yeah. Um, and which is, you know, I, Angelique and I, I was living in Seattle a while ago classic place where progressive racism comes out in the sense of like, I'm just trying to help. Right. And, and not realizing all of the stuff that is wrapped up in that for us as white folks. 
Yeah. We're going to talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was also going to say, you know, I think even recently, for example, so many organizations have been making statements of solidarity, say in support with Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. or regarding structural racism, but then often their own employees are miserable, right? Mm -hmm. Their own employees of color are miserable. And, you know, you'll see responses. And I've been talking to people around the country. They'll, for example, um, bring up in their workplace, you know, well, they've made this statement. They must be open to this. So start talking about things that they've noticed, but that aren't um, acknowledged. And, and I'm so sorry for this puppy in the background. That's okay. But, um, let's, let's introduce it. It's Zoe, right? This, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the Zoe, the puppy. So. We know. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, everyone. So, but what'll happen is then people will say, well, we have these problems in our workplace. And another way of gaslighting is also withholding or um, what we could call forgetting with air quotes or willful ignorance, meaning Mm. that, oh, we have a problem here, right? So let's form a committee or let's do an additional study and let's form a committee and put you on it. And then you can lead the work to figure it out. Right. Do you see that's also mm-hmm. a form because, right. It's very obvious that there's problems. Often there's overwhelming evidence, but instead of taking action, right there again, we need to study this further. We need to mm-hmm. understand this further. We're going to make a committee and we're going to have you as the person of color head the committee or be on the committee and do this unpaid labor that isn't part of your job description to help sort this out for us. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. I see that. I see that. You know, Black people who might be listening to this podcast right now, do you think they're thinking, hmm, wonder have I been gaslighted, racially gaslighted? Or do you think they're thinking, oh, yeah, this has happened to me. I just didn't have a phrase or a name to call it. I think every person of color and particularly black people can relate. And, you know, either you, you know exactly what it is, right. But you just didn't have, like you said, the, the words, Mm -hmm. or you just knew something was right, wrong. Right. So whether you knew specifically what it is or not. So I think this is something that we've all experienced, but what we've tried to do is name it so that you can identify what it is, decide, right, how you want to respond or if you even want to respond. Sometimes you don't want to respond and move on, right? Instead of getting tied up in all of the diversion that happens, these diversionary tactics of gaslighting that take you away from the work you're trying to do, say the uh, objectives, social justice, or otherwise that you're trying to meet. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I am going to um, disclose a situation that that I experienced that I think hmm, maybe it resonates with gaslighting. Um, And we're going to talk about, well, just a multitude of topics. So stay with us. We'll be right back. This is an interesting conversation. I know what you're thinking. 
I need a job. I need a new career. Well, I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. I wasn't happy with what I was doing. After high school, I didn't have a plan. I just wanted to start working. I got laid off twice. But you got to keep going. You just need the right skills. Find an apprenticeship. I found a two-year IT program. I found a medical course online. I'm now a consultant in the tech space. You have more options than you think. You can do this. You will find something. You will find something new. Show some respect. Show you give a damn. Show the world how it's done. Show them that when your community needed you the most, you showed up. Mask up, America. Welcome back. My guests are Angelic Davis and Rose Ernst, and we're talking about racial gaslighting. Let me tell you about a story um, that, uh, something that I experienced. Uh, a colleague was doing his genealogy and doing a lot of research, and he came to me very giddy, very happy, um, and showed me a, a document, and I looked at it, and it was a document that chronicled the, the property that one of his ancestors owned. And it had, you know, the no number of horses, uh, cows, and then it had slaves. And this ancestor owned several slaves. And he was just like, you know, look, and he was just happy and giddy. And I just froze because I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, this is, I can't be happy. I can't share that enthusiasm. And I think after a while, he looked at my face and kind of saw my demeanor and then was like, well, you know, that this is how it was back then. You know, people owned slaves and that that's the times that it was. And, and that's just that's the way it had. That's the way it was. I still I couldn't I couldn't really respond to him um, and I couldn't shake it. You know, like the next day I was thinking about that whole encounter and I started, I found myself trying to give him excuses. You know, I know that this person would not intentionally try to hurt me. Um, he was insensitive, but he didn't realize it, that kind of thing. But his response, if he saw my demeanor, he didn't say, yeah, I know this is a this is a sticky kind of subject, but this is what I found. He, he didn't say that. It was just like, this is the way it was. And I'm wondering, is that, was that a form of gaslighting? Could I have labeled that? What do you guys think? Angelique, I'll go ahead and take it for a second. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry it happened to you and um, it is a, it's a classic example um, of racial gaslighting. As Angelique mentioned earlier, this tactic of withholding, which where his response was this feigned ignorance about history and what the meaning of enslavement actually means and what it means for you and for him, right, in that mm -hmm. relationship. And in addition to that, he was just in the initial encounter, what he was doing was trivializing, right, the history of enslavement. And so those are both two tactics. And I'm sure there's even more we could tease out there. 
um, that was a part of it, as, as well as his emotional uh, affect, right, toward mm-hmm. you initially, this giddiness, which you, has been sticking with me since you told me this story. And that that in itself, right, like the expectation that you would share this giddiness and this happiness somehow right. around this discovery, right? Clearly, like that in of itself, right, is this power play um, that, that sort of, as you said, sort of knocks you off your feet and to this day is, is something that you're still processing, which is part of the energy drain of gaslighting. Right. I'm sure Angelique has a lot more to, to add. Well, and, and what I want to add to that is, is you know, when, just like racism, right? There is intentional racism, but most racism is not intentional. It's part of the structure, mm-hmm. right? It's part of our society. Um, you know, a lot of people, as we know, want to say racism and think of the KKK, but right, it's these everyday encounters that we have. And so, you know, whether it's intentional or not, right, it still is racism, right? And so that was still impacting you um, in that way. And I think that's part of what makes it really challenging. Um, And there's so many different ways in which people will gaslight, again, whether intentional or unintentional. So like you're talking about here, there's trivializing, there could be diverting attention, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was saying earlier, like forgetting or willful ignorance, right? They don't want to make a difficult decision. Um, many other ways, right, that can be done. And we go into depth about this in our our webinars and trainings where we like to say it's not uh, your traditional diversity training in that we really like to call this anti-racism training and that we're teaching you a skill to not only be able to recognize, but also to respond to it. And so I like to tell a lot of people, um, like what you were talking about, that, um, you know, myself, I, in many ways, I would like to say recovering gaslighting in that, you know, walk away. I think a lot of people of color can relate, like, did they really just say that to me or right. wait, did I hear that? Right. And then you go and you spend days ruminating about it or conversing with friends and family or close colleagues and trying to figure out how should I respond? You know, all of this, and it's such a drain of your energy, right. From what it is that either you're wanting to accomplish or trying to accomplish, right? It's such a diversion. And so, you know, our hope with this work is that it really helps people to name it and then to decide how they want to move forward. So instead of being stuck in this, am I perceiving this correctly? Like in your situation, oh, he's gaslighting me. Okay. And then you may decide that you want to respond or you may not, right? Because as people of color, we know if we raise something that's racist with someone who's white, um, often that can take so much energy to try to unpack with them why it was racist and, and, and often try to help them feel better about how they're not racist, right? Um, and so sometimes we may choose to respond certain ways, but other times, right, we're going to, as many of us say, pick our battles, right, right. and save our energy um, because there's other things that are really more important to us in the moment. Absolutely. Um, we talked about this a little bit, the different reaction, how a gaslighting for, you know, use the example of uh, of a shooting where it's targeted the individual and with a black person involved it, it, it you know it looks at the entire group 
But in that same vein, Rose, I want to ask you, a white person can be racially gaslighted, right? Um, yeah, I'll try to keep this story short. Uh, Angelique and I discussed this when we were writing the article. And um, because of white supremacy, I thought white people couldn't actually be targets of racial gaslighting, right? Because we are the ones who benefit from it. And um, she said, no, it's absolutely possible, you know, specifically if white people are engaging in anti-racist action, right? And, and that's the key point here. So in this case, what, what can happen is if white folks speak up, let's say there is a meeting where racial gaslighting is targeting folks of color and they say, hold on a minute, uh, wait just a second, racial gaslighting can occur for them. Um, the consequences of it are very different. Um, sometimes they'll be punished, sometimes they'll be co-opted, and sometimes they'll be praised. But the purpose is really to keep them isolated and keep them contained from doing any more activity. And the other thing is, is that they're portrayed as crazy individuals, which goes back to our earlier discussion mm -hmm. about the NRA shooting, right, and how white people are seen as individuals. Um, and so any actions they take will just be seen as them taking an action. Um, whereas in the case of racial gaslighting against um, BIPOC folks of color, right, it's going to actually affect the whole group. Gotcha. As well as the individual. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, I'm really glad that we're doing this topic because, you know, the racial gaslighting, like uh, Angelique, I think you've, you've already said, but being able to name it like that. Um, and then decide how you want to respond to it. But being able to to recognize it and say, oh, okay, well, I'm, I mean, that's gaslighting. That makes it easier. I think if I had that tool with that incident and I could have said, oh, I, that's, that's gaslighting. That's not about me. I could have handled it better. Um, so I think what you guys do is really, really important and you have these webinars and workshops. If someone want wants to, you know, enlisted your services, what do they what do they do? Um, they can contact me. I have my uh, website, which is angeliquemdavis.com. So angeliquemdavis.com and email me at angelique at angeliquemdavis.com. If they're interested, we've done these for large Fortune 500 companies. We've done these for uh organizing groups. Um, we've done them for universities. We've done them actually for a Bar Association of Attorneys of Color here in Wisconsin. So, um, you know, we like to tailor what we're doing to the specific needs of the organization um, and to really help people think through, you know, what they're dealing with and how they can be more effective in the work that they're doing. In you know, writing the article and the response that you've gotten from it, are you running into people who have really been really hurt, you know, mentally from racial gaslighting? Absolutely. I talk to at least a few people a week um, who have been dealing with this, I mean, in many different context, but particularly the workplace is where people typically reach out to me because of my um, background also as I'm still licensed and my background's in employment law um, with what's happening to them in their workplaces. 
Um, and so often people are just tying themselves up in, in knots, right? Trying to figure out what is going on at their workplaces, how to navigate it. Um, and, you know, sometimes we can't change, right? That there's racism. We can't, um, you know, just because we decide how we want to respond doesn't necessarily change, right? The situation, but having that clarity of mind and agency instead of, being so reactive that we're deciding how we want to respond. We're seeing it for what it is. And then, right, moving forward in that way gives us a lot more power. Um, and one of the things I always like to talk about is, you know, racism isn't set up for us to survive and to thrive as people of color. And so most important for us is to work at to protecting our joy, mm -hmm. right, protecting our spirit, and, and living the best life we can, right? And so in these situations, if you're able to name it and say, oh, well, that's really racist, but you know what? I have this that I wanna focus on today. So I'm not gonna get caught up, right, in this. I'm gonna stay focused on what I'm trying to do, or maybe you do choose, but again, it's your choice, right? Yes, absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation and we could continue it for hours, but our time is up. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this. It's, it's been very enlightening and uh, I've benefited from it and I'm sure other people will too. So again, my guests, um, Angelique Davis, who is the uh, associate professor at Seattle U and former associate professor Rose Ernst, who joins us from England. So again, ladies, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very thank much. You. Thank you very much. All right. And thank you for listening to another episode of the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. You know, we are a nonprofit organization, so if you're so inclined to help us become a sponsor, go to our website, the411live.org. Until next time, I'm Beverly Taylor, and this is the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. If you would like to check out past episodes, there are many ways. Go to your favorite podcast platform, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, like and watch us on Facebook, watch and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you have suggestions for future episodes, go to our website, the411live.org. 